بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله العليم الخبير المتقن نظام العالم بلا معين ونصير فسبحان الله الذي حكمته بالغة وعلمه غزير ونعمه واصلة إلى كل صغير وكبير ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في نقير ولا قطمير ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله الذي هدانا بكتاب منير ودعانا إلى الله بالإنذار والتبشير صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه ما دامت الكواكب تسير أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا ينهاكم الله عن الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم أن تبروهم وتقسطوا إليهم إن الله يحب المقسطين صدق الله العظيم So this brings us to the final segment and session of this very amazing conference and the theme overall of this conference is as I understand and I trust that myself and uh, the speakers that preceded me have been impressing and driving the same point and that is how we can adopt those amazing qualities by virtue of which we can become the beloveds of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Rabbi Rahimu Wadud in the 11th chapter 12 Jews verse 90 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quotes the discussion of the Prophet Shu'ib alayhi salam in which he said وَيَا قَوْمِ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ And O my nation, seek repentance from your Lord Ask him for pardon and repent. So istighfar is saying, Allah forgive me for the wrong that I did. While tawbah is that I pledge not to revert to a life of sin. But then look at this here. And this is an intricate science of the Quran. What we refer to rabt bain al-ayat. The correlation between verses. Inna rabbi rahimun wadud. The Prophet Shu'ib alayhi salam says, Surely my Lord is merciful. He will accept your apology. He will, he will pardon you. Wadudun, he will love the sinner after he repents. At its best, if you've offended someone and apologized, the best scenario will be that he will accept your apology, but he's not going to have the most friendly of relationship. Well, listen, I've pardoned you and that's it now. You don't expect me to kiss the floor on which you walk. That's about it. But Allah says, Inna Rabbi Rahimun Wadud. Shu'ib says, My Lord is so merciful that He's merciful, He will forgive you. Wadudun, He will love you. That's the first reflection. My focus in this segment is to focus on the aspect that Allah loves those who are just. Allah loves those who are just. But prior to that, I just want to share with you one Arabic poem in which the poet says that. In this world, there are many people who you are fond of, attached to, you have an inclination, but there's no guarantee that they will reciprocate that love. There are many people for whom you have an attraction, you have a feeling, you have an inclination, but there's no guarantees in place that because you love him or her, or you have a feeling and a passion and inclination, إِذَا الْمَرْءُ لَا يَرْعَاكَ إِلَّا تَكَلُّفَ Fama 
فما كل من تهواه يهواك قلبه ولا كل من صافيته لك قد صفى إذا لم يكن صف الوداد طبيعة إذا لم يكن صف الوداد طبيعة فلا خير في ود يخون خليله وينكر عيشا قد تقادم عهده ويظهر سرا بالأمس قد خفى سلام على الدنيا إذا لم يكن فيها صديق صدوق صادق الوعد منصفا One stanza of the whole poem He says فَمَا كُلُّ مَنْ تَهْوَاهُ يَهْوَاكَ قَلْبُ In the world there's no guarantee for everyone you love will necessarily reciprocate the love I often say that in the world, I mean, in my earlier years of travel, now my family has kind of made peace on every travel. I'm not going to buy for them something because I'm traveling every second day of my, my calendar. So, you know what, it's, it's, it's a tall order to buy something every time that you come. But alhamdulillah, from time to time, we, we do surprise them to the best of our ability. But very often you would find a scenario where you take time and pride to purchase an item and an article from across the ocean and you keep it with great care and diligence in your cabin baggage, in the cabin in front of you. You take it through customs, you're very meticulous about it, only to come home and your child says, no, I don't like the color. No, I don't like this. Oh my word, do you know what I went through? So you could invest so much with no guarantee that it will meet the requirement of impression of the person you want to impress. But you know what, my brother, and you know what, my sister? When it comes to the Almighty, the sheer endeavor to implement, imbibe, and internalize, apart from its optimum execution, just the endeavor. Allah, I want to become just. I want to be exercise justice. Because you have said, Inna Allah, yuhibbul muqsitin. You love those that are just. So that's the topic that we have at hand today. Now, in Arabic, they say, dunya ala arba'ah. An ideal scenario for this world to exist. We need four categories of people for it to ideally exist. Of course, we're not living in an ideal world, but hypothetically, if we go back into the glory days of Medina Munawwara, the blessed city of the Messenger, وسلم, then you would find that these qualities and attributes were a reality. dunya ala arba'ah. بِعِلْمِ الْعُلَمَاءِ وَبِعَدْلِ الْأُمَرَاءِ وَبِسَخَاوَةِ الْأَغْنِيَاءِ وَبِدُعَاءِ الْفُقَرَاءِ وَلَوْلَا الْعُلَمَاءِ لَهَلَكَ الْجُهَلَةِ وَلَوْلَا عَدْلُ الْأُمَرَاءِ لَأَكَلَ النَّاسِ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا وَلَوْلَا سَخَاوَةُ الْأَغْنِيَاءِ لَهَلَكَ الْفُقَرَاءِ وَلَوْلَا دُعَاءُ الْفُقَرَاءِ لَخَرَبَتِ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَنْ فِيهِمْ واو اوه مان ذس از اميزنج Four categories. We need the knowledge of the learned scholars. We need the knowledge of the learned scholars because without guidance, without divine knowledge, then of course there is no, no uh, navigation. There is no moral compass in our life. There's so many examples of this here. And I often say there is a big distinction between information and knowledge. So when you sit in and you Google and you research in and you're going online, you could be upping your information, but the procedure of acquiring knowledge is you got to humble yourself at the feet of someone more learned, serve him or her 
and then learn from their knowledge. This is the system that Allah has, has impressed from the beginning of time till the end for the, for the uh, acquisition of divine knowledge. By the pressing of a button or Googling something, information will be available. There's no guarantee for knowledge to come. The great prophet of Allah, Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, an objective digression. He was a great prophet. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wasalam in the galaxy of prophets, right? To the extent the hadith is in Muslim, Imam Muslim records it in his book that when the angel of death came to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and he didn't identify himself, he came and the prophet of Musa, the prophet Musa resisted the angel of death, resisted him and said, move away, back off. So the angel of death and Imam Muslim has recorded this and we believe in whatever the Prophet said. We don't doubt it. We don't have any reservation or apprehension. And then the angel of death went back to the Almighty and he said, Oh my Lord, you've dispatched me to someone who doesn't want to die. And Allah said, go back to Musa and tell him that you are an angel and that you've come to remove his soul and he has a choice. That if he puts his hand on the back of a bull, then every strand of hair that he touches, he will be given an extension of one life. Right? Imagine if that were to us, we look for the most hairy bull and like hold with two hands. And he said, what else? He said, after that is death. He said, well, then take my soul now. So that was the profile of the Prophet Musa alayhi salam. Yet when Allah sent him on the journey to Khidr to meet him, then what was the language of Musa alayhi salam? In his own capacity, he was so great. He was so profound. But here he is before someone where he wants to learn. Can I sit by you and learn from what you have? Right? The hadith is in Bukhari in Kitab al-Tafsir. Abdullah ibn Abbas says, I wanted to ask Umar ibn Khattab regarding the two women whom Allah references in Surah Al-Tahreem. And I didn't have. One year I wanted to ask Umar. But out of the awe of Umar, I would have backstabbed. And then on a journey of Hajj, it was casual. It was a relaxed ambience. And Umar stepped aside to perform ablution. I exploited the moment I poured water. And I said, who are the two women that Allah speaks about in Surah Al-Tahreem? He said, Tilka Aisha wa Hafsa. That's Aisha and Hafsa radiallahu anhuma. And Ibn Abbas said, you answer it so casually for the record. I've been tagging you for one year. That's knowledge. Information. So if you stop a scholar like, hey, Shaykh, just wait. He will wait and he'll probably answer your query. But information will be transmitted, not knowledge. You want knowledge? وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ صَبَرُوا حَتَّى تَخْرُجَ إِلَيْهِمْ لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ My word. If they want knowledge from my Habib and the scholars say this continues down for all scholars, tell them to come by their door and wait when the scholar makes his presence, then present their need, this will be better. That's when knowledge will be transmitted. That is when lives will be reformed. That is when there will be a transformation. Otherwise, it's the transmission of information and not knowledge. So anyway, we need the knowledge of the ulama. Justice of the governors. 
the generosity of the wealthy will be dua il fuqara and the supplications of the poor. Sayyidina Umar anhu, his name is synonymous to justice. You think of Umar, you think of justice. You think of justice, you think of Umar. That's the reality. So a diplomat from outside Medina comes to meet Umar ibn Khattab. He says, where is your parliament? Where is your headquarters? Where is your union building? Where is your powerhouse? So they said, our leader is there. He's sleeping under the tree. So he comes to Umar ibn Khattab. A foreign diplomat comes into Medina. He looks at Umar. He says, Adalda fa'aminda fa'nimda. Adalda fa'aminda fa'nimda. You cannot translate this. You cannot. I mean, whatever I'm going to translate is an endeavor, but I'll fall short. Adalt, you brought a new definition to justice, O Umar. Fa'amint, so there's peace and serenity in Medina. Fa'nimta, so in broad daylight, you can sigh with relief and sleep with no fear. Everybody advocates justice. Justice is one of those slogans anyone, whether a person aligns himself to a faith or not, it's just a moral, ethical obligation that each one says, no, we need justice. We need to be just. We need to be fair. But there's two unique aspects of Islam when it comes to justice. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu kunu qawwameena bilqisti shuhada'a lillah walau ala anfusikum awil walidayni wal aqrabin my word. Oh, you who believe, uphold justice and speak the truth even if you have to confess you are wrong. Be candid, be honest, be transparent, be sincere, even if you have to admit your parents are wrong. Of course, there's a protocol, there's a procedure. There's etiquettes, there's mannerism, but that doesn't mean that in your moral, ethical obligation to your parents, you justify and condone their wrong. No. If you have to confess I am wrong, then be honest. Don't be intimidated by the economic muscle of the elite. And let not empathy and sympathy grip you when it comes to the poor and their poverty. Allah is more deserving. If you twist the evidence, remember Allah is watching you. So that's the first thing. Let's just look at some quick reflections from the life of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhuma. So during the reign of Umar ibn Khattab, the narration is in Hakim, he wanted to extend the sacred masjid of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Abbas radiallahu anhuma, the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, had a property adjacent to the masjid. masjid. The narration of Hakim. So Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhuma, he was the ruler, he was the leader. But you know, at that time, wow. <laughs> It was, it was nobody was above the law. Just nobody was above the law. Umar ibn Khattab is delivering a talk. And uh, he says, Ayyuhannas, isma'u wa ati'u. O people, listen and oblige. So Salman Farsi radiallahu anhu said, La sam'a wa la ta'a. 
لا سمع ولا طاعة أو أمر sorry we're not listening and we're not going to oblige like in midstream in the center straight the hearts were clean it was just honest like why because from the spoils from the booty we all received one cloth one garment and you have two so my mind is wondering now is this not any form of uh, you know what, uh, taking or betraying or disloyalty or غلول So he said, okay, no problem, your point is fair. He called his son Abdullah ibn Umar. He said, Abdullah, come here and explain to the great Sahabi Salman. So Abdullah ibn Umar says, oh, Salman Farsi, the upper garment that my dad has was his share and the lower garment was my share which I have gifted to my father. So Salman Farsi said, okay, now my mind is clear. You can resume with your khutbah. Wow, man. He stands up and he says, لا تغالوا في مهور النساء. Don't give women exorbitant dowries. So a woman stands up from the congregation. Look at how learned the women of that time were. And he said, Umar, لَكِتَابُ اللَّهِ أَحَقُّ أَنْ يُتَّبَعَ أَمَّا تَقُولُ Umar, must we follow what Allah said? Oh, what must we follow what you say? So he said, no, sister, you must do what Allah said. <laughs> sister, you must do what Allah said. Well, then, oh, Umar, I, this is Umar delivering a khutbah. These were our glory days. Today, you dare open your mouth. Your job is on the line. You're the next one gone. You're on a slippery slope. Was it... Ahnaf rahimahullah was asked, why don't you speak? He said, In kathibtu khiftullah, wa in sadaqtu khiftukum. Wow. Why don't you speak? He said, if I speak a lie, I fear Allah. And if I speak the truth, I fear you. So I'd rather be silent. So Umar ibn Khattab said, don't give exorbitant amounts. So a woman said, Umar, must we listen to you or must we listen to Allah? He said, no, listen to Allah. So she said, well, then there is a verse of the Quran that contradicts your sentiments. Look at the knowledge of the time, man. وَإِنْ أَرَدْتُمُ اسْتِبْدَالَ زَوْجٍ مَكَانَ زَوْجٍ وَآتَيْتُمْ إِحْدَاهُنَّ قِنْطَارًا وَآتَيْتُمْ إِحْدَاهُنَّ قِنْطَارًا فَلَا تَأْخُذُوا مِنْهُ شَيْئًا and if you're dissolving a relationship and you're moving on to a new partner and you had given the former spouse a large treasure at the point of ending the relation, don't claim the treasure you gave her. So on a subtle note, this ayah releases a hint of the permissibility of giving your wife qintaran, a treasure as dowry. So Umar ibn Khattab said, Asabat imra'atun wa akhta'a rajulun kullu wahid afqah min Umar. Yet again a woman was correct and a man has erred. The truth be told, everyone is more learned than Umar. The hearts were clean, the hearts were clean. So he told Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhumah that I want to extend the masjid. Give me this property of yours. Uh, sell it to me. Bi'niha. فَأَبَلْ عَبَّاسِ He said, no, I will not sell it. So then Umar ibn Khattab said, فَهَبْهَا لِي Then give it to me as a gift. So Abbas radiallahu anhu said, no. So he said, فَوَسِّعْهَا أَنْتَ فِي الْمَسْجِدِ 
then you donate it and extend the masjid of the Prophet for Abel Abbas. Abbas said, no, neither of the three. So Umar ibn Khattab said, la budda laka min ihdaunna. The narration is in Hakim. You have to oblige to one of the three. Either you sell it to me, or you gift it, or you include it yourself. He said, neither of the three. So then Umar ibn Khattab said, okay, let's arrange for a judge. So they said, okay, we get uh, Ubay ibn Ka'b radiallahu. So Ubay ibn Ka'b was brought in, and this is Abbas radiallahu, the uncle of the Prophet وسلم, and the Amirul Mu'mineen himself. Everyone on one level. This, this was Adal. This was Adal. Right? When Allah spoke about in Surah Rahman, then Allah says, Allah spoke that he sent down the scale to bring justice. We hear the hadith in the completion and the culmination of Bukhari, the scales of justice on the day of Qiyamah. Long story short, Abbas uh, presided over the case and he said that uh, I've looked into the matter, O oh, Umar, and you cannot, you cannot impose on Abbas until you don't please him. It's his prerogative, his right, his choice. So in the end, if he de declines, he's entitled to do so. So Umar ibn Khattab said, Ara'ayta qada'aka hadha? Min min okay, point taken, you the judge, I've accepted it. You pronounce the verdict that, you know, I don't have a choice. But what's the basis and the origin of your verdict? Where do you substantiate it from? Do you draw your source from the Quran or the Hadith? He said, no, from the Hadith. So he said, okay, then, then, then support it. He said, I came across the narration from the Prophet وسلم, that he had mentioned that when Allah told Sulaiman to build Masjid Al-Aqsa, Al-Aqsa, so when he started extending it, that land belonged to someone. So Sulaiman told the person, I need to buy this land, I want to extend Masjid Al-Aqsa. So he sold the piece of land. And then when Sulaiman wanted to extend it, the person who sold the land asked him, that uh, tell me the money you gave me is better or the property I gave you is better. So Sulaiman said, no, no, the land I took from you is more prime and the money you gave me is less. So the man said, no, no, then I have second thoughts. Then I have second thoughts. So then Sulaiman said, okay, I will pay you more. So he paid him more. Then again he said, the money you gave me is better or the land? So he said, no, 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 I'll be honest with you. The truth is the land I got, this is for Masjid Al-Aqsa, that's more prime. So then he said, no. So then Sulaiman said, listen, make a price and a claim and I give you what you want. And once you're done, it's over. He said, well, I'm going to ask you something exorbitant. I want 12,000 qintar of gold. This is authentic narration in Hakim. You can see the whole write-up, academic write-up is written there. He said, well, this is, this is really expensive and exorbitant. He said, well, that's my price. And Allah then sent wahi to Sulaiman that give him whatever he wants because he's entitled to it. So when this narration was mentioned to Umar ibn Khattab, he said, okay, then I respect the right of Abbas and I step back. Abbas said, now that you've respected the right, I have made this a gift for the Ummah, for the extension of Masjid Nabawi. Wow. Give each person their right. Listen to this incident. Pharaoh's Daylami radiallahu anhu. It's under the chapters of Adal of Umar ibn Khattab. 
He was one of the governors of his time. So Umar heard that he had preoccupied himself in some luxury and comfort and that there were some issues and irregularities. So Umar had a very stern gaze on his governors. You know, they, they, there was a stern gaze on him. And they, so one day he asked the people, if you find me going astray, what will you do? They said, we'll straighten you with the same sword with which you straighten us. We will straighten you with the same sword with which you straighten us. He said, all praise belongs to Allah who's kept people in my ummah to keep tabs on me and monitor me and put me in line if I err or deviate in any way. Wow. That was it. Sayyidina Umar is patrolling the streets of Medina. There's a child crying. So he goes to the mom and he says, sister, lull your child, nurse your child, please, people are sleeping. So she says, okay, brother, I'm sorry. After a little while, the child is crying again. So Umar goes and he says, Araka umma su'in. Araki umma su'in. Sister, but you're not, you're not being sensitive. People are sleeping and your child is crying. So she said, Uridu an ufattimahu. I'm trying to wean him off the milk. So he says, but while you're traveling in a foreign place, you're here, you're camping, you don't potty train your child how to use the washroom when you're traveling. You have the diapers on and when it's at home and in easy time and good time, that's when you do it. Why would you want to do it? Because Umar, she doesn't know she's talking to Umar, who's the head of state. He only gives an allowance for a child once the child has been weaned off. I need the financial help. So I'm trying to wean my child off quickly so that I can generate that revenue and get that allowance. He says, La ya ukhta. Oh, sister, sister, please, just don't do anything. Please, just don't do anything. Just stay like this here. He comes out of there, he's crying. Abdurrahman ibn Auf nudges him. What's the matter? He says, just leave me alone. He comes and leads the Fajr prayer. Ma nasu min buka. They say it was the one day there was more crying and less reading. We didn't know what Umar was saying. There was just crying. And then he stands up and he says, Bu'san laka ya Umar. Bu'san laka ya Umar. Kam qatalta min he says, Umar, did you think when you legislated? Did you think when you created the constitution? How short-sighted on your side that you, you put a ruling in place that allowance would be only given to a child that would be weaned off. So many children were deprived of the milk of their mother because of your lack of vision. And he said, amend the law. As of today, the state will provide wealth for a child from birth. He effected change. If you are wrong, there's nothing wrong. My wife, I'm wrong. My son, I'm wrong. I often say, anger gets us into a problem. Pride keeps us there. Anger gets us, pride keeps us. Because of my pride, I won't apologize. Let me move quickly, my time is running out. So, Pharaoh's Daylami radiallahu Umar summons him. When he comes to the court of Umar, he has a little altercation with a young man. And in that, Pharaoh's Daylami radiallahu slaps this young boy. He hit him on his nose and he starts bleeding. The young boy comes in and he's bleeding. So Umar says, what happened? He says, no, I was outside and Pharaoh's Daylami slapped me and this is it. 
So he called Pharaoh's Daylami radiallahu anhu and he said, what's this? He said, yeah, we had a little feud and an argument and an altercation and I got a bit provoked and in the fit of rage, I hit him. So Umar said, al-qisas. Well, then we need to avenge it. He said, but I'm the governor of my place and this is a youngster. He says, Allah doesn't differentiate. Allah doesn't differentiate. Fajatha Pharaoh's. Fajatha Pharaoh's. The governor kneels down. Wow, my word. The world will never see another Umar. The world I wish Muslim and non-Muslim can read. What an insult on us that we have such legends in our history. If we can just take that from Nukush and put it into Nufus, it will be a different world altogether. He sits down, he kneels down, the young man comes now. He's a young boy in his prime, it's time to take revenge. As the Quran says, وَإِنْ عَاقَبْتُمْ فَعَاقِبُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا عُوقِبْتُمْ And if you take revenge, then let it be balanced, let it be in place. So now he's about to hit the governor to balance the act out. So Umar ibn Khattab says, young man, let me just whisper something in your ears regarding this governor. It's within your right to execute, to avenge, to take revenge, but just to put things into perspective to know the profile of this man. Sami'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqool, Qutila al-layla al-aswadu al-anasi, qatalahu al-abdu al-salih fayroz daylami. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Aswad Anasi was a false prophet who had laid claim to prophethood just before the demise of the Prophet that Allah has put an end to this person. Allah has put an end to him, this false claimant of prophethood. And the man who was responsible for this, putting an end to him, was Pharaoh's Daylami. And the Prophet praised him for that. So the man on whom you take in revenge is perfectly within your right. But just for the record, he's a very prominent man. It's your right, it's your choice, it's your prerogative. You want to go ahead, please do. He says, now after you've alerted me to who the man is, I will now pardon him and forgive him, and I willfully overlook the wrong that he has done. So the Pharaoh's Daylami is on his knees. Look at the justice system. Look at the society, look at the fabric, look at the makeup, without infringing, encroaching, violating, respecting, honoring every person, but a mutual system of tolerance and respect, where the young are taught to value the seniors, the seniors are taught to love the juniors. So, Feroz Daylami says, Oh Umar, the man has forgiven me without any duress. Do you think I'll be acquitted of my account in Akhirah? Will this offset it and balance it out? He said, yes. Ushiduka anna mali, ushiduka anna farasi, wasayfi, wa thalathina alfam min mali, hibatan lahu. Then I make you my witness, this young boy, you have forgiven me and cleared my account so that on the day of Qiyamah, there will be no claim against me. So I rather acknowledge you here I just have about 30,000 dirhams, I'm giving it to you. My horse is yours, my sword is yours. Sayyidina Umar looked at the young man and he said, You are so lucky that Allah has blessed you. You took money and you pardoned. By pardoning him, you've earned your Jannah. By taking money, Allah has given you goodness in this world. I'll leave you with the last reflection time has lapsed. The other aspect, the other aspect of the justice of Islam is 
ولا يجرمنكم شنآن قوم على الا تعدلوا واو nobody can advocate this to you but the quran let not the hostility of your foe provoke you to injustice if you have a hostile relation someone has been unfair to you that doesn't give you license to reciprocate injustice i'dilu i'dilu justice is the way the hadith is in bukhari the prophet sallallahu sends out a group as a scout amara alayhim asim ibn thabit he makes asim ibn thabit the amir of the group as they come to a place bayna usfan wa makkah between usfan and makkah there is a tribe by the name of banu lihyan they surround them hasaruhum they surround them and then kanu qareeb min 100 ramin there were 100 archers they say to the sahaba that come down and we will not harm you so asim radiyallahu anhu said amma ana fala anzil i'm not going to respect this this covenant of theirs, and then he resists them and qatalu Asiman. In the end, they kill Asim radiallahu anhu. The other two companions, Khubayb and Zayd ibn Dathina, they surrender and then they brought into Mecca. They brought into Mecca. Fashtara Khubayban banul Harith. The children of Harith purchased Khubayb radiallahu anhu. Now, Khubayb was responsible for the death of Harith in the Battle of Badr. So the children had this desire to avenge the death of their late father. He's brought as a captive into Makkah Mukarramah. And while he's in Makkah Mukarramah, He's now a captive, he's shackled, he's detained. He said, can I borrow a razor and a blade? from one of the girls in that family who were his captives he asked them for a blade and a razor they obliged and they gave the razor and she says i gave the razor and i didn't realize my child slipped out and my child went into the lap of this man now a child doesn't know color a child is born clean and pure wholesome a child doesn't know ethnicity a child doesn't know all these artificial barriers with which we indoctrinate them they come pure and wholesome i often speak about a friend of mine whose child was sick and admitted into a pediatric ward so the parents came to visit the baby and they kissed the child and as they were leaving the son said but mom that's so unfair so the mother said why my baby she said there's so many children here you didn't kiss all wow wow the child doesn't know anything we together we in a common pediatric ward there's nothing that differentiates us it's us that indoctrinate and poison this color this culture this creed this ethnicity these are the artificial barriers we make so the child came and sat down in the lap of of khubayb khubayb is going to be executed there's a blade in his hand the hadith is in bukhari she says, nafsi. I panicked. I said, oh, my child in Khubayb's hand and he has a blade. And he sensed my panic. So he said to me, Oh, sister, do you think because tomorrow you will be killing me, I will take out my frustration on this child? By Allah, that is not the teachings of Islam. By Allah, that is not the teachings. She said, Wallahi ma ra'aytu asiran mithla khubaybin. I never seen a prisoner like khubayb. Kana ya'kul qitfam min inab. He would be eating grapes. 
when there were no fruit. So that's the message that regardless of what people do and they are hostile, it cannot provoke you to be unjust and uh, uh, you know, display injustice or unfairness. You need to be honest. And then the day comes and Sayyidina Khubayb anhu is executed and he says, فَقَدْ جَمَعَ الْأَحْزَابُ حَوْلِي وَأَلَّبُوا قَبَائِلَهُمْ وَاسْتَجْمَعُوا كُلَّ مَجْمَعِي فَقَدْ جَمَّعُوا أَبْنَاءَهُمْ وَنِسَاءَهُمْ وَقُرِّبْتُ مِنْ جِذْعٍ طَوِيلٍ مُمَنَّعِي إِلَى اللَّهِ أَشْكُو كُرْبَتِي ثُمَّ غُرْبَتِي وَمَا أَرْصَدَ الْأَحْزَابُ لِي عِنْدَ مَسْرَعِي فَذَا الْعَرْشُ صَبِّرْنِي عَلَى مَا يُرَادُ بِي فَقَدْ بَضَّعُوا لَحْمِي وَقَدْ بَانَ مَطْعَمِي فَلَسْتُ أُبَالِي حِينَ أُقْتَلُ مُسْلِمًا على أي جنب كان لله مصرعي وذلك في ذات الإله وإن يشأ يبارك على أوصالي شلو ممزعي وقد خيرون الكفر والموت دونه وقد هملت عيناي من غير مجزعي وما بي حذار الموت أني لميت ولكن حذاري جحم نار ملفعي فلست بمبد للعدو تخشعا إني إلى الله مرجعي. It's amazing. Couplets time has lapsed, in which he then presents his soul to Allah. I leave you on those note, and we ask Allah to make us amongst those who exercises justice. In Allah, you hibbul muqsitin. Allah loves those that are just. I, the verse I recited, uh, Allah says, لا ينهاكم الله عن الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم In the context of fellow non-Muslims, those that are not hostile to you in the matter of faith, who have not argued with you in your faith, be caring to them, be dutiful and be just to them. Allah loves those that are just. I take this opportunity of thanking the Miftah Institution and uh, the host and the Wahid brothers and all the guests that have come out here. It's been an amazing three days. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope, wish and pray that I've added some value to your life. For surely you have added value to mine. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.